Wow, what a time to be alive. Kate Bush, number one in the charts, at least she is at the time I recorded this. And that, I mean, that's just unbelievable. We have a song, not even a new song, a song that came out, what, 30 odd years ago? I don't know, I was pretty young or not alive when it came out. Um, amazing, amazing stuff. And the thing is, the thing that kind of a bit of a tenuous link here, but the thing is, we're actually always seeing with Betfair Trading that things from the past, you know, these kind of blasts from the past still exist today. And one of the things I want to talk about today, well, actually the main thing I want to talk about today, is where a trade is won and lost. Because this has never changed, right? No matter how long you've been trading on Betfair, the principal core things I'm going to spell out today have always been the case and always will be the case. The trade is won or lost essentially determined by which price you get at which times, okay? So a trade is won or lost based on what price you're getting in at and what price you're exiting at. In a really basic, simple terms, that is where a trade is won or lost. I mean, think about it. Essentially, let's, take, let's say we take a thousand traders, right? And we each go, right, there's a hundred trades make the trades and see how you get on. Not one of them is gonna lose every single trade, right? Seriously, it, the thing about trading is, we will all have our wins and losses, right? We will all have our wins and losses. Some people talk as if they've never won a trade in their lives, never won a bet in their lives, and the truth is that's probably very far from the truth if they've been doing a significant amount of it. But the reality is, what separates the winners from the losers is the prices they're getting in at and the prices they're exiting at. And what's really key, I feel, for the winners and the losers is that the winners will be trying to find the best price available. They will be trying to find the value in their situation, in that trade. And the losers often will just be taking any price, okay? So I'll give you an example of, of where this becomes massively problematic. Let's say you're on a Betfair trading community forum and England are playing cricket and they're chasing a target of, um, let's say, 300, right? And they're close to evens. Now, in that spot, I'd say lay, lay all day, right? Because they might make it, but they don't make that chase 50% of the time. So from a value perspective, it's a value trade. Now... Let's say I say that, so I type a comment. Marty says, you know, um, I just think my name's just Martin on the forum, isn't it? Martin says, a bit more formal. Martin says, let's trade this, lay England at 2.0 and, and trade out when a few wickets go down or when it becomes profitable enough for you in that situation. Bit of a how long is a piece of string thing, isn't it? When people ask me when should I trade out, I can give you set events like wickets, things like that. But also, you know, at what point are you trying to get a certain amount of profit? In this trade, would you be happy with 50%? Would you want pretty much all of the profit? That's what you've got to kind of think of. And when I get asked about that, just as a quick aside, my response is often this, pre-plan your exit. Not necessarily the time you're going to exit, but more at what point would you exit? What price, what, what are you looking at in terms of exit before you enter a trade? That really helps arm you when you come into the situation and the event happens and then you go, 
instead of going, oh, should I trade out, should I not? You've then already made a decision beforehand and, you know, what, 90% of the time you should probably just stick to that, right? And that's why we talk about planning. I mean, you all must have heard that phrase, you know, prepare, wait, hang on, fail to prepare and prepare to fail, okay? If we don't prepare, we will fail. Come on, we all got told that, right? And the beavers and the cubs and the scouts. I never went to scouts. I don't know why I dropped out at the... Uh, wait, it's cub. Yeah, cubs is the second one, isn't it? Um, I need to get my kids involved. And I used to love that stuff back in the day. Doing all that kind of outdoorsy, you know, living in the wild on your own kind of thing that they kind of promote there. I think it's really good, actually. Especially for the young children of today, whoever... I'm always amazed, like I live on an estate full of houses and I'm always amazed how few children play are out playing, how few children are at the park, you know, like when I was a kid that's all we did, it's crazy man, I need to make sure my kids uh, go out and do more stuff, but anyway, that's a massive aside, essentially what's happening with trading is that we've got to get in at the right prices. So let's say we've laid England at that 2.0 point and we've got an idea of our exit. Now, someone was at work, they missed the trade or they were just, I don't know, doing whatever. We've all got busy lives. They come to the forum a couple of hours later. I've said lay England at 2.0. England have lost a few wickets. The price is now 10 plus. Don't lay in that situation. Reason? Well, my initial trade was based on the price. Okay, and the price has changed drastically, so it needs to be reassessed. And in that reassessment, in that situation, the value has all but diminished. Um, and if you laid at that higher price, your exit is pretty untenable. You're you're pretty much going to have to let it run. Now, what then happens if England start doing well? You know, we've seen that. We've seen England lose a few wickets before come back and chase a decent total. Okay, this does happen, and it happens quite often. Now, let's say, so let's say you're getting at 10.0, you lay, and two scenarios happen. England win, you lose all your stake, which let's say you've laid for 10 pounds stake, that's 90 pounds, you've, you've lost 900% of your stake Okay, in that situation, well, of the back is stake, but that's what your, laying, your lay stake is, £10. You've lost 900% of that to try and win 100%. You've lost 900%, right? Let's say England price comes in to, you know, back down to two evens. What are you going to do at that stage? You now know you've got a big, big chance of losing your money. Um, I'd, I'd actually suggest you're in too deep at that stage to get out but you might then get out and you've again taken a massive loss on that situation um, and interestingly what, why I bring this up the most is because I kind of want to give you this example because you can look at it and go okay so let's say England go out to 10 right when we've laid at 2.0 I would have greened up by then uh, not even 10% 50%, 100% of the time, I would have greened up my trade. By the time this person who missed the original trade has seen my post and decided to get on it at 10.0, I've already taken a profit. That, As far as I'm concerned, that trade is complete, right? I've made my money. I've moved on to the next thing. Now, 
what they've done is they've then got involved after the trade has happened at much worse value, a much worse price. And it's gone pear-shaped because essentially what they've done is so counter to what the initial trade was trying to do. And that's extract value from something that was close to evens. Yeah, and price matters. I think sometimes people forget how much price matters. Just because you think something's going to happen doesn't mean you should back it regardless of price. You know, if England had started that chase, they're chasing 300 and their odds were six plus, I'd think, I'd think twice about it. I'd have to look at the stats, right? Okay, so how often had they chased there? And I mean, let's say that they started the chase at 10.0. Well, I definitely wouldn't be laying at that price. I'd want England to have a good start, maybe get close to evens and then lay. This is the way you have to think as a pro trader. You have to think, how can I actually have the edge and to have the edge, you need to be getting the value prices. And I'd suggest that when some, see what happens, let's say, let's, let's move this on to football because I think so many of you guys trade football, right? Let's say a team is 2-0 up, right? You might go and the away team is trading at 10.0. Maybe they had a decent chance for the start of the match, but now obviously the market does not expect them to come back and win. Well, how many times do teams come back from 2-0 deficits when they're odds of 10-plus, right? Even the draw is odds of 10-plus often in that situation. We see it quite often, right? But what a lot of people will do is because they missed out on the initial trade or the initial value in backing the team that are now 2-0 up, they'll then go, right, I'll lay that the other team who are 2-0 down. And again, you're really getting kind of the, the arse end of it, essentially. Because you're getting a horrific price that, yeah, you're going to win most of the time, your trade, but because you need to win virtually 100% of the time to make money, you're not going to make money in the long run because it, you will get spiked on this time and time again. The reason is the team who were probably favourites at the start of the match, the away team, there's a good chance they will come back. There's a good chance they will score and they might correct this and, and the actual original odds will play out and the away team could even go on to win, right? That's what people don't think about enough. So what happens when, when, when these big events like goals happen? Let's say a team goes 2-0 up. That's massive in a football match. What will generally happen is the market will overreact. So the market will go, oh, actually, we had the wrong favourite here. We need to correct ourselves. I'm going to make them, you know, super short to the point where actually they're often they will overdo it. Um, you know, bringing us back to the cricket example, when England go out to 10 in that situation where they lose a couple of early wickets or whatever, the market has then gone from, I think England are probably going to win this to England aren't going to win this. And what happens is you kind of get this kind of black and white mentality, I think, where you see prices move and you think, I know exactly why the prices are doing this, because the punters and the traders are going, well, they're going to win or they're going to win. This is black and white now, rather than going, oh, actually, there's quite a few different things could happen here. Um, so what happens is it's kind of like, a, I think it's like a human nature thing where we just go, OK, so that's so England have lost a few wickets. So we're obviously going to lose now. OK. That's guaranteed. That's the way people think. 
And that's that's what happens with odds. Odds kind of end up reflecting that. How often have we seen it in cricket where a team who's batting first might score a really low amount of runs? And then you think, oh, they're definitely going to lose. So the market brings the other team into like sub 1.1, let's say in a T20 or, or, or a one-day international. And actually, the other team comes back and often wins, but the price often goes well above 1.1 in that situation. Because actually, the pitch was difficult to bat on. Or there was a reason the first team didn't get so many runs. But people seem to like ignore this, even though one of the biggest things I hear in cricket is, well, we don't know how the pitch is till both teams have batted on it. Right? That's, that's true. That's the case. But... People will often ignore that phenomenon because they've essentially made up their mind, well, this team can't win now. And it's the same, this happens in football. This often happens in football. When a team goes a couple of goals up, I've noticed that the market will react hugely to that and often swing too far towards the underdog who's now in the lead. But often when it's only 1-0, that doesn't happen. Right? So if you notice, if you watch straight... When an underdog goes 1-0 up, the market, obviously it moves. It has to move a fair bit. But I don't think it moves enough sometimes because it will go, um, oh, well, it's all right. The, uh, the favourite will score at least one or two, so it's fine. It doesn't matter if they conceded one. They're still going to go on and win this game. That's the mentality. And then when it's 2-0, people start to panic. And the thing is, one of the best things you could take advantage of as a trader is panic setting into a market. Okay, so I'll give you another good cricket example for this. If a team is chasing a world record target in test cricket, what are the actual odds they're going to chase that target? Okay, well, the odds are incredibly high because essentially it's never happened before and there's been thousands of test matches and there's been thousands of teams who've had to chase really high totals and not got there. So things like world records are pretty black and white in terms of trading. If you get a price below 10.0 to lay in that situation, you should take it every day, right? Better yet, if the team starts well and goes like 50 for naught or something, and their odds come in you know, to below five and often will come in to around two to one or below in that situation, that is just an in, almost like an instant lay scenario. And then we've seen this happen time and time again. And the, the record hardly ever gets broken. But how often does the team come into quite short odds while they're chasing? Because they have a good start. Okay, So that's, that's actually one of the things where in test cricket, wickets will fall in batches. And also, um, once that partnership is finally broken, things just can unravel so quickly and you'll see that happen with test cricket but it's the key of going right what price am I getting in at am I taking a value price here and is this worth the trade that's what will ultimately decide whether you're profitable or not in trading because we'll all win and lose some trades it's a case of actually essentially beating the odds and it sounds so obvious in some ways I know a lot of what we've talked about today is quite deep as well. But I really want you to kind of get a hold of this thought of, and I mentioned it in a video recently as well, this thought of, I'm not backing who I think will win. I'm backing who I think is value. 
That's the mindset. If you can switch to that mindset, I'm not backing who I think will win. I'm backing who I think is value. You know, and I've used examples with football, you know, with the Premier League next season, where Man City are odds on. Am I going to touch a team odds on in pre-season with a barge pole? No way, right? But I think they'll win the title. If you if you put me on a spot now and said you have to choose someone to win the title, you know, or I chop off your arm or something, right? And that's who I choose. It doesn't mean I'm going to back them, because the price has to relate to that, okay? And that does really matter. Like I think. I see too many people and they'll, you know, they get on a trade or they take the price and I say, why did you do that? Why did you take that price? And then they just say, well, I thought it's going to win. I was like, yeah, so did your research show that it was value and, and stuff like that? Uh, no, I didn't think about that. I just, I just thought it was going to win. So I got my money on. I didn't worry about the price. The thing is, I think what people struggle with is with this is you will get a lot of situations where you have to leave a trade that you think will win alone. You know, there's been many scenarios where I've gone, oh, I really fancy them to win today. Then I go and look at the odds and the odds are too short and I just have to leave it, right? You just have to leave it. But that's not easy to do. And that's one of the skills that I think traders must develop quite early on because what tends to happen is that we like to just bet on what we think is going to win. Right, because that's kind of that's kind of how you've been taught. Who's going to win? Oh, get on that. You know, it astounds me. I mean, I listen to a lot of uh, the radio on Talksport, and obviously a lot of their sponsors are gambling companies. And it astounds me just like how much of this almost propaganda is preached that you can almost ignore price the best prices and go, oh well, what are the odds? Let's go see Coral. What are the odds? Well, who in their right mind is just looking at one bookmaker? If you're seriously trying to make money, you're looking at one bookmaker to see what the best price is. No, you're going to odds checker, you're checking all the odds. You're going to Betfair Exchange, you're seeing if it's a better price on there, which obviously most of the time it is. And the thing is, it's, that's the problem, is that when we come in, and a lot of people will come into this game from a betting background, there's a lot of punters out there, and... You know, I'm still amazed that people use bookmakers as much as they do when you've got something like Betfair out there. But it just goes to show that it's all marketing, all that kind of stuff. And essentially what ends up happening is we end up hearing the wrong messages from the media about how to gamble, right? Because it's like saying, oh, I want to buy a house. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to go have a look at one house in my price range and I'll see if it's what I want. And if it's all right, I'll bid on it regardless of price. Well, surely you want to go and see four or five houses at least just to get a feel for actually what a house in your price range could look like. You know, I've been and I, I mean, when I moved a couple of years ago, I remember going and viewing a house and I was actually astounded. There's two houses actually I went to. I was astounded at the valuations they got because they were way above uh, market value. And, you know, it was uh, it was crazy to me that this kind of stuff could even happen because you think, well, we've got a state agent. We've got all this stuff. Like, how does a house end up getting so overvalued? This is what happens when you don't shop around. This is what happens when you don't try and find good prices. Someone probably ended up buying that house. 
someone took the bad value. Someone is walking into Betfred right this minute taking terrible value on a bet that they could probably get much better odds on Betfair Exchange. Just think about that as a concept, right? It's like, I know games kind of shut down here in Wigan now, but the store game, I was always amazed that they would sell computer games at prices much higher than you could find online, right? Much higher, like, you know, some of these games going for 60 quid, they'd be 40 quid online, for example. And I'm just thinking, even if you're wealthy, why on earth would you want to spend £20 more on the exact same thing, the exact same experience? This is the thing we're betting. Why would you want to take worse value on the exact same experience when you could take better value elsewhere? And there's so many trades in the world, there's so many events, there's so many options. And I think way too many people get caught up in the, yeah, but I think they're going to win. Great. But if the price isn't value, they won't win every single time. That's not how it works. That's not how probability and statistics work. Mathematically, scientifically, I can tell you that. So every time you think something's going to win, I can tell you it's not going to win every single time. In fact, it's actually going to be pretty, you know, if it's a 50-50 chance on Betfair, it's going to be a pretty even split whether you're right and wrong, right? That's the truth of it. Um, I think, I remember reading once, the world's most successful gambler had a winning rate of 57%. But he found good odds. He wasn't just backing at evens. He was finding good odds. He was finding value. Well, how many of you guys, if you had a winning percentage of 57%, would be pissed off, right? The reason is that the odds that you're getting in those situations aren't good enough. So that's understandable. But the point is, we have to fight to make sure we get the best prices, to make sure that we find the value, to make sure the odds are the central to our thinking. You know, I've, I've mentioned this before, but one of the best advice is I ever got was before you look at a market and this is really good to do when you're a new trader before you look at a market price it up in your head now this isn't easy to do on outrights where there's like 20 selections but let's say just like a, a football match there's three scenarios the draw and both teams winning how would you price those three outcomes think about that then go check the market how different is it now, if it's massively different, maybe there's value there somewhere in one of those selections for you, okay? That's how you can start to learn to kind of make your own odds. And, and watching markets helps with this. Um, but think about it in terms of percentages. That's always the best way. I, how many times out of 10 would this team win? You know, I did this uh, the other day with uh, the World Cup where I, I saw France's odds. I thought, actually, that's quite a good price because I think they'd win the World Cup once every five times at least. And their odds are bigger than that, therefore their value. Now, am I saying they're gonna win it? No, not, no, I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, I think they're gonna win it more often than the odds suggest. And so that's kind of how you have to think about these things. You know, um, and the better you get at that, the more you practice, the better you will get. But the better you get at that, the easier Betfair trading becomes because you can then start to identify value, what's value, what's not value. And the key with that is you're not going to get kind of bamboozled by some bad value, right? All that can really hurt you once you start getting good at that is variance. 
and variance will be a part of this game for everyone but the winners they do well in spite of variance and the losers think that you know variance is just i don't know just like a bad run um and that's that's the end of the world and i'm gonna lose my bankroll stuff like that people you know i find losing traders start to have doomsday scenarios when variance happens um but you're always going to get variance in professional trading and you know it's essentially easily combated by just repeating the process of finding value over and over again you can't if you do that you cannot be beaten you cannot be beaten in this game you'll lose trades you'll have really bad runs but you cannot be beaten you you know you cannot not make a profit over time if you do that stuff all right guys thanks for listening i know it's been a little bit deeper today but i try and do that occasionally because i know we have a lot of listeners who aren't new to betfair um, but hopefully this has still had a lot for the new people as well guys if you're at all on the fence about btc we have listened recently um to people who are saying well the thing is i really want to join but i've never seen it i want to i want to kind of try it for a couple of days or a day We've got options now of our membership. So if you just go to the homepage and the sign up, you'll see the options and essentially you can do these shorter trials and really see whether this is what you want. Because um, I always think the thing is, you'll really regret it if you don't. Because so many people have joined and said, oh, I wish I started a year ago when I first saw it. I wish I started two years ago. And You know what, I love the fact that you're listening to the content and, and doing all that stuff. But really, the meat and the bones, the stuff you're really going to get out of BetfairTradingCommunity.com comes from the membership. And being part of the community, being part of the group, you know, we have a really, really good group of people who are just can't wait to welcome you. Um, but yeah, and if you're one of those group of people who I'm talking about, you'll know that. And uh, thanks to you for being part of such a great experience. Uh, I love I love Betfair Trading Community. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um Guys, I hope you have a great week. I'll be back with another podcast soon. And most importantly, make some money trading on Betfair. <laughs>